This is Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. Tonight we're in our conference room, I call it my war room, or the boardroom, with the, the staff as we have our prayer night tonight. But again, I'm going to speak, before we go into prayer, on never quit, never quit. Luke 9:62, And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. There's a lot of excuses people give why they don't do things, or why they don't study their Bible, or why they don't come to church, or why they don't come to prayer meeting, why don't they come to classes. They give a lot of excuses. But Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I believe the majority of the church is not fit for the kingdom of God. I believe they're lukewarm. I believe they're in love with themselves. I believe they're compromised with the things of this world. I believe, believe they're polluted with the things of this world. I believe sometimes sports is more important to some people than Jesus Christ. I believe the job is more important to some people than Jesus Christ. I believe their boyfriend or girlfriend is more important than Jesus Christ. I believe that the church is totally dysfunctional. And that's why we're in so much trouble today in the United States of America where we're actually fighting for our freedom. Are we going to go into communism, socialism, Marxism? Are we going to go into a new world order? Or are we going to stay free under capitalism, under the Constitution and Bill of Rights? Now, using the illustration, the plow is obviously a re reference to how the kingdom of God operates. Plowing is the first step in preparing to plant seed and eventually reap a harvest. Too many of God's people have, quote, looked back, unquote, and given up the promise of reaping from living by the principle of seed time and harvest. I remember as a boy and planting a garden. Now, I didn't know what I was doing and my parents didn't uh, know much about gardening. But anyway, uh, as we continued, I mean, I, the, the planting the seed was, was good. But all of a sudden, as we continued, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, you start looking back and uh, you, all of a sudden you're not as motivated to take care of your garden. And the weeds take over, and uh, I had a harvest, but sort of a puny one. But uh, And that's what some people do spiritually in their life. If they have a harvest, it's sort of puny, and you wonder if they're even born again. The greatest teaching Jesus gave us was a revelation on sowing the Word of God. And we're talking about sowing the Word of God in our hearts and expecting a harvest of divine life and blessing to follow in due time. If we don't serve the Word of God in our hearts, sow it, then how do we expect to have a harvest? Some people come to church, they listen to the Word of God, but it doesn't go into their heart. And other people, it goes deep into their heart, and all of a sudden, they move with the things of God. They, they see uh, miracles, they see healings, they see the manifestations of the Holy Spirit and other people it, they just look like, a, like they're dormant or retarded or dead. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, sowing to the Spirit. 
For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So the, the, the big verse there, partial verse, if we faint not. In other words, if we don't give up. I gave up trying to raise a garden when I was a teenage boy. And my garden did not do good. Now, I wish I had a person named Karen Buckhart. And uh, she would have uh, motivated me, I think, to uh, finish my garden out well. Because if I know her, she would have been right alongside of me and helping me. And so that's what we have to do to some people. We have to come alongside of them as disciple, you know, disciple them. And if we don't care enough about people, again, that shows that we are not going to reap a harvest. What kind of harvest? Of souls to present to Jesus when the Spirit comes out of our body. Are we going to have souls to present to the Master? Some people have souls, some people have nothing. All of life is a result of the principle and the primary principle of the kingdom of God, which is seed time and harvest. All of life, seed time and harvest. Every living being is a product of this principle. The animal kingdom and all vegetation is the result of seed planting. If there wasn't seed planting, the animals would die because the vegetation wouldn't grow. God made two species, male and female. The Democrats made the rest. The male plants the seed in the female who produces a harvest in due time. Any other attempt to reproduce life is an aberration, a departure from what is normal, usual, or expected. You have transplants, you have surgeries, trying to get some men who actually have a problem mentally uh, they, they, they want to be able to carry a baby. Well, they weren't produced to carry a baby. And usually if you give them that surgery, then they have more mental problems. That's right, mental problems, because they have a spiritual problem. Mark 4, 26 to 29 says, And he said, So the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep, and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Again, so the kingdom of God, so is the kingdom of God. If we put the seed of the word of God inside of our hearts, it's going to bear a harvest. It's going to produce fruit. We're going to see our lives changed. We're going to start to learn the principles of faith. We're going to be able to step out of the boat. We're going to be able to, instead of going around the same block and hitting our nose, we're going to be able to go to another block because God is going to elevate us. The principle is universal and applies to all of life's activities, words and actions, as Paul clearly taught in Galatians 6, 7. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whatsoever a man soweth, that will he also reap. He is not talking just about money, but every action and word spoken 
will produce a harvest, either good or evil, blessing or cursing. How do we speak to our children? <coughs> How do we speak to our spouse? <coughs> if you want a good marriage, you'd be wise to speak to your spouse nicely, not to put them down, not to criticize them, but to understand the words of love covers a multitude of sins or mistakes and flaws. Don't major on the minors. Some people major on the minors. <coughs> major on the majors. Don't major on the minors. <coughs> little things, little flaws, overlook. Forgive. Because love covers a multitude of sins. But if you have to always nitpick, the love in marriage would dissipate. And you become a nag. Or sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal and you're Husband or wife might not want to come home to you. Finding excuses to work a little longer. To live in the kingdom of God is to learn to live by seed time and harvest. Planting good seeds for a positive outcome in all areas of life. This means that we must follow through on the whole process of plowing up the hard ground of our hearts. You know, some people, their heart is very hard. I know I've prayed, and it's very scriptural in the Bible, give him a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. Some of us have talked to people, counseled people, and uh, good night. You need to take a two-by-four. Actually, that won't work. It'll break your two-by-four. You need a sledgehammer and break up their heart. It is just solid concrete. And I think I could go around this room, and uh, everybody would say Amen. We've tried to talk to people and they're just total in the rebellion. They don't care what you say, what God says, they don't care. Why? Because they're in a spirit of rebellion, which is witchcraft. They don't understand it, but the spirit they're operating is already witchcraft. And that's a serious thing. But they don't get it. They don't realize it. They don't see it. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts the sickle in the ground because the harvest is come. Again, whatever a man sows, he shall reap. We need to understand that. Do you understand sowing and reaping? He is not talking again, like I said, just about money. Now, that also is important. If you don't work, you don't eat. Sloth, a slothful person, too lazy to apply themselves, too lazy to study. And uh, what are you going to do the rest of your life? Flip burgers at Burger King? I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, have nothing but uh, uh, mowing lawns? You got to study. You got to improve yourself if you want a good job. All of these things are important. But every action word that comes out of our mouth is critical. Even negative words that you say about yourself. You know, I'm just a dummy. Well... The devil will say, yeah, you are. So if you want to have a big amen real fast, just, just put yourself down. Because if the devil gets you so condemned and discouraged and depressed, maybe he can get you to kill yourself. So you, you, you got to be careful what you say. You know, I'd rather say, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm beautifully and marvelously made. Just ask your spouse, are you a winner? Am I a winner? Beautifully and wonderfully made? 
My spouse is just overjoyed. I'm looking at her face, and she's got the biggest smile. And she says, yes, honey, you are. And see, that's what we should be saying about each, you know, our, our spouses, right? And our children. I mean, I'm looking at James. He's uh, 20. And uh, his mother should say, James, you're beautifully and wonderfully made. Even if you do have a beard on. And... Uh, but now that he just got a job at QFC, he's got he's to trim that beard. And that's good. Then he can look more handsome instead of like a mountain man. I mean, mountain men are good if you're going into the mountains, but he's trying to sell food. So uh, we, <laughs> what we sow, we reap. Amen? You can't be a mountain man, James. You don't know anything about trapping or cleaning fish or, or a deer or nothing else. I think you'd starve. But uh, so QFC is a good job for you. Again, every action, every word that comes out of our mouth. I mean, if, uh, you know, at least James is going to learn a profession. And uh, I'll tell you what, stores, grocery stores can be even a career. If it can be a career. I have a cousin that worked at Safeway, retired at Safeway, uh, rose through the ranks and, and became a manager and uh, had a good retirement. So, but we have to apply ourselves. You can't go in late. You can't forget what they tell you. You can't come in uh, with a long beard. You better do what they tell you or what you're going to reap, you're going to be fired. And so that's what's going to happen. And the problem is, it's your own fault. So, we must follow through with the whole process of plowing up the hard ground, meaning our hearts. Planting the seed of the word within watering watering. What do we water with the seed of the word? How do we water our hearts? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and worship. We are watering that word we're putting into our hearts, aren't we? As the pastor speaks the word of God, and as you receive it, not reject it or have your mind elsewhere, you know, as you receive it, as you apply it, and then as you pray and worship God, you're watering that word. And you actively worship. You, you actively raise your hands, clap your hands, sing. You know, get off your, your feet and dance a little bit. And worship God like David did. And uh, until the due time for harvest has come. I think sometimes we don't reap a lot of harvest because uh, we don't even know how to worship. God says, man... You don't even worship me properly. You just sit there like you're dead. Worship me. Lift your hands. Sing, dance, clap. Maybe I'll bless you and answer your prayers a little bit more. See, these things are, are truthful. They're serious. But people ignore them. They ignore them. Do it their way. Prayers aren't answered. When I have sown the word of God into my heart by hearing the message, the word is still in seed form. You know, it can be in your package, but you better break the package and put it in the ground. So hearing the message is not good enough until I meditate on the message and keep it in my heart and mind. You know, some falls on stony ground. Well, they didn't meditate on it. They didn't put it into their heart. It didn't go into their mind. When a full understanding of what was spoken is made clear by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, faith comes, and I am ready to reap a harvest. So in other words, I hear the word of God, I put it into my heart, 
I remember it in my mind. I meditate on it. I act on it by prayer and worship, which is watering it. And I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. And pretty soon I'm very effective and reproducing, you know, planting seed of my own. I'm reproducing. Understanding comes progressively as Jesus said, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. How does it come? How much do you water it? How much do you meditate on it? How much do you continue to study it? How much do you continue to study it so you have it in, up in your mind and you can apply it in your heart? That depends if you bear fruit 30, 60, or 100. People say, you know, some people don't understand that. Well, it depends on what you do with the harvest, with the seed, with the stony ground. You know, how good of a garden is Karen going to harvest? Now, I, I use the word Karen here again. I'm at my staff service here on prayer night, and, and she is a gardener, a very serious one, two big gardens, and, and always very, very beautiful and a good harvest. Well, she's very serious. But if we're not serious with the Word of God, then what do we harvest? 30%? 60? I know she likes 100. But uh, I like it too because then I get some. But uh, my understanding grows as I meditate on what was spoken. The seed produces a harvest of revelation. You know, as I meditate on what's said. Do we go home and meditate on it? Do you meditate on it, Gabe? Do you meditate on what I say? Well, if you meditate on it, then the seed produces a harvest from revelation. Revelation. God starts to reveal the truth of what's being spoken or what you read. You know, we, we're supposed to meditate on what we read. You know, I believe in spending a lot of hours, frankly, with the Word of God, but I don't speed read. I meditate too. I meditate. I let God speak to me. I, I, I worship God and pray. And uh, I know my, my, my son, little boy, he's been taking a bath with me. And I, and I just pray over him and lay my hands on his head and pray over him right in the bathtub. Well, I think that's a good deal. And uh, I want him one day to uh, have full understanding of the Word of God. And I want to do my part so he has that understanding. I want to pray over him and encourage him and come against any uh, powers of darkness that would try to uh, hinder him or attack him. And then as he grows, I get him up. I, I study the Word of God with him. And uh, just like I did my other daughters that grew up and graduated from university and um, take him to school and that type of thing. Pray with him. Let him answer, you know, ask me questions. So what are some reasons that people fail to reap all of the Word of God that can produce in their lives? What are some reasons? I suggest at least five of them. One, no instant gratification. The Bible says that through faith and patience we receive the promise. Hebrews 6, 11 through 12. It says, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye may not be slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So faith and patience, patience, diligence. Don't be slothful. Don't be lazy. Just continue to persevere. Continue to intercede. Continue to, if you have to, fast. 
pray, worship, ask, seek, not. Pound down that door. Get your harvest. Get your breakthrough. Two, trouble comes. Satan brings difficulties into our lives to discourage us and tempt us to give up prematurely. Mark 4, 16 through 17. Mark 4, 16 through 17. So let's read that. It says, and These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises, the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So again, trouble comes. Satan brings difficulties into our lives to discourage us and tempt us to give up prematurely. Again, we can keep taking it back to a real harvest, a real garden. All of a sudden, maybe it doesn't rain a while. And so you're too lazy to bring out the sprinkler. You're too lazy to bring in some water. I mean, uh, Satan comes and brings difficulties in our lives. Do we give up? Well, some people frankly do. Point number three, pleasures of sin. Some look back to the momentary pleasure of sin to, re to relieve the pressure of spiritual warfare. Mark 4, 18 and 19. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word of God. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Again, you can go to church 5, 10, 20 years, and, uh, but bear no fruit because we're engaged in sin, even the sin of just self-pleasure, even the sin of pride, where we just do it our way, we do what we want, we never really meditate on the Word of God, have our own devotions, worship God, and uh, we wonder what, what's wrong. Well, what's wrong is we're selfish, self-indulgent people. And then when opportunity to sin comes along, we take the sin. Number four, lack of commitment. People who have never really surrendered their life to Christ to begin with what, where we're just looking for help. Luke 9, 57 through 62. Luke 9, 57 through 62. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow you whithersoever you go. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have hoes, birds have the air, uh, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said, Let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So here we're talking about lack of commitment. Jesus was judging them. I mean, the answer to some of this might seem uh, very hard and harsh, but it was not for Jesus for he knew that if they returned home, they would likely submit to uh, unbelieving relatives who would weep and reproach and ridicule and tempt them and lead them astray.
So God, in his revelation, discernment, word of knowledge, foresight, said, no, you can't go. Follow me now. And they didn't follow him now. And he said, you're not worthy to follow me. Again, we must understand that what God says we must do. Abraham was willing literally to kill Isaac. There's nobody at this table more important than God. I know my wife would say, I'm not more important. And I would say, she's not more important. And I hope you can all say that. Your God is more important than anybody on earth. And it better be. Or you're not going to see God. Finally, number five, the spirit of fear. Peter took his eyes off the word and put his attention on the conditions. Fear took over and he was in danger of losing the miracle. Matthew 14, 31. Now, if you read Matthew 14, 31, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Fear of fear. The spirit of fear. Some people have, they're afraid. Fear of fear, so to speak. They're afraid of everything. But that's because we take our eyes off the word. We put our eyes on the conditions. Remember, that's how King Saul failed. He disobeyed Samuel. And I believe this was just a test. God gave him a test to see if Saul would trust in God or trust in himself. And, and most people would fail. Why? The armies were coming. Most people would do the sacrifice and disobey. God was testing. If you're the king, you must be able to lead a nation spiritually. And he failed the test. He didn't trust in God. He trusted in himself and violated and took the priestly role and sacrificed himself. Do we look on the conditions and fail God? Fear took over and he was in danger of losing the miracle. We're talking about Peter. He sank, but the Lord lifted him up. Again, it shows you the grace of God. As believers in the goodness of God, let us not fall into the snares of Satan and fall short of reaping everything Christ died to provide for us. Continue to live by seed time and harvest and keep moving forward, not looking back, and you will see a harvest of answers in your life. 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. That's my phone number. Again, call and give us a your very best donation. Just send me a check. Or make a phone call. And you can make a donation by credit card or write me a check. WMI PO Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's WMI PO Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. I need about 10000 more dollars. Somebody write a check for 100 Somebody write a check for 1000 Send it to me right now. Let me tell you, you don't know what the future holds. Your money could be dissolved into nothing. Use your money now for the kingdom of God. WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. My YouTube, Warning TV, Dr. Jonathan Anson. Warning TV, Dr. Jonathan Anson. May God richly bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.